0: This episode brought to you by the Roster of Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterofmedia.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Roster Up podcast, episode 27. We are just rolling out some pods here lately. Last night had Jeff Tolson on, excited to introduce someone you may already know, Tommy McGuire, brother of Andrew McGuire, who's doing our content over at the Bills. Tommy has already pumped out an article you might have read. And also joining us is his arch nemesis, an old friend, arch nemesis week one, because he's a Jets fan, James McWilliams, um, one of the co-founders here at Roster Up. Fellas, how are we doing today?
1: Good, Cody. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be recording my first podcast for you guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm ready to get going here.
2: Just to uh, just to uh, reiterate that Tommy is not covering the Bills. He's covering the Pan- I mean, his brother's covering the Bills. He's covering the Panthers for us. Um, and his first article is on Ross website. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm here because I'm a Jet fan, <laughs> and week one is Jets-Panthers- so happy to dive yeah, in. we will Tommy definitely
1: we will definitely dive into that week one thriller maybe later on in the
0: conversation. But oh yeah,
1: hang back. You can hang back for now, James. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Sounds good.
0: Are, already uh, given the uh, co-founder uh, some rules to abide by. I like that, Tommy. Let's let's keep that energy right there. Hey, if you he um,
1: start taking shots already, then <laughs> to come right back at them. The McGuire
2: brothers have some already. juice. <laughs> that's what we're about that's what we're about
0: <laughs> uh, well listen like uh, James mentioned Tommy has already got an article up on the site I'll link it in the show notes you folks click on that give it a read nice little offseason recap and a uh, small glance ahead to the 2021 season uh, there's going to be plenty of coverage coming from Tommy uh, avid Panthers fan Tommy New York raised but an avid fan of the Queen City why don't you tell yeah, us how sure. that happened well
1: let's see, I would say it has to have started. Panthers being founded in 95, you know, I was born in 93. So when they came out in 95, I would say the apparel reached all the way up here to New York. And my dad going ahead and purchasing me a Carolina Panthers hat, I really don't think he know what he got himself into because I don't think I took that hat off for about the next seven years. Uh, by the time I took it off, I think I was in fifth grade and it went from black to Brown. Um, so that's really where it started to be honest with you. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't, you know, they were a new team. I wasn't really following in anyone's footsteps. And, you know, I really just liked, you know, watching them, even if it was just during halftime, you know, in the nineties of a giants game where I'd get, I'd pray, you know, they'd put one clip of, uh, of a Panther game during halftime, which usually they just glanced over, you know, uh, a, a score on there. And that was about all I got because we were not getting too much national coverage back then. So, yeah, that's really where it first started, um, you know, and then all of a sudden when DirecTV decided that we could watch games from any team all over the country, that really kind of took that to another level. Uh, but I will say I think the first year we ordered the Sunday tickets the Panthers opened up with a nice week one victory in the year 2001 and proceeded to lose the next 15 games in a row so I was then really introduced to the longtime suffering of fans having to actually watch their team lose games you know as opposed to just checking the scoreboard and Seeing a win or a loss and saying, oh, you know, wonder how that game went. But yeah, I got a nice rude awakening there to a one in fifteen season. But hey, you know, stuck with them and still here today. 20 years later, 25 years later. So
0: really (laughs) all all roads lead to roster up, right? It paid off in the end. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. Um, so you know, I kind of want to get your thoughts throughout the show on a few things. Um, you hit them on hit on them in your article a little bit. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on the pod. What you think about the current state of the franchise? Whether um, it's the Darnold trade. So, and on top of that, the David Tepper purchase a couple years ago. Um, for starters, mm-hmm. I think T- Tepper is really a smart businessman. A lot of things he's doing business wise in Charlotte, in terms of building up the team and the base, are just are really cool. And then he hired Matt Rule. So. What were your thoughts on um, not just the sale, but also the Matt Rule hire by David Tepper?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. I mean, Jerry Richardson, you know, the former owner, he's the one that brought the team to North Carolina. He's the one that was, you know, beloved by everyone, and he was there forever. So when David Tepper came in, you know, it was a whole new face, a whole new type of angle towards kind of, I guess, ownership. And I, you know, I didn't really know much about him, but to just start reading up on the guy and just the fact that how successful he is even outside of football. And that's, you know, that's, he's, yeah. So he's even successful outside of football. So just to bring in that business sense to the fact that the Panthers was kind of, I thought a cool different approach to it. Um, And this guy is serious, man. This guy wants to revamp just the entire, of Charlotte itself, you know. So Mm -hmm. I really think that he's kind of in it, you know, for the long term. He sees this obviously as his franchise, you know, his way to kind of you know bring energy kind of back into you know the city and kind of the fan base itself. Um so I really was excited, you know, when he became the owner and when he kind of joined the franchise. And then you know to not hark back on you know years past above even to get back into the Ron Rivera era or anything like that. So to just kind of really starting off now in the Matt rule era, I, to be honest, when I woke up the morning, they hired Matt rule. I couldn't really tell you much about him. You know uh, I came out, you know, listening, Colin coward talking about Matt rule. And so I started, you know, reading into him a little bit and just to really kind of look into his past he's a program builder. I mean, you know, he was in Temple when they were a terrible program. He built them up. Baylor had all those sanctions. They bring him in two years later, they're in a bowl game. So that's the kind of culture you could see. He builds a culture, you know, he, he he seems really connect with his players in a sense where it seems that every player that's been coached by him is in love with him. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of evident in the fact that we had at least three or four signings last year that strictly came from his his temple pipeline which Mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd ever be saying in an NFL (laughs) podcast that the temple pipeline produced Robbie Anderson last year you know like so just Mm -hmm. even the connections that he's made with former players it seems to resonate enough with them that they want to continue to be involved with Matt Rule and and with his process and you know it, it just it really does seem like he kind of has a handle on really what he wants to get out of his players, you know, mm-hmm. the right kind of culture he wants to build. And it does seem like he has a direction he's going. And so with Tepper and Rule together, I do believe, I, I mean, I like the direction that they're heading in in that regard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he overall was just a really solid culture hire, and and the Panthers have had good culture coaches overall. Ron Rivera was a good culture yeah. guy, but it just just couldn't quite get over that hump with after that Super Bowl season, um, you know, for a number of reasons. But Matt Rule comes in year one, um, and they just draft all defense. Did you like? Were you a fan of that? That was kind of an unusual thing.
1: Yeah, well, it was definitely an unusual thing, but last year was an unusual year. Um, like I stated in the article that I wrote, it literally felt like we were a senior class graduated and it was like, now what, I mean, you turned around and you had guys that were there for eight plus years, uh, Rivera, Keekly, Tam, Olson, even Khalil, like Charles Johnson, like all Thomas Davis, all these guys that were there forever on this run, all of a sudden in the snap of a finger last year, it's like, other than Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, who the heck, like, is still on the team you know like mm-hmm. so last year I think going into that draft it was kind of a crapshoot it was just let's see what like what we're going here which direction we want to go in um I liked it. I really when I remember when the Derek Brown pick was coming um Isaiah Simmons was on the board
0: mm-hmm. and that was
1: all the talk you know before that draft was Isaiah Simmons is this you know he was that so, yeah, when he dropped to us, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'll take him. Um, they took Derrick Brown. And, you know, at the time I said, okay, uh, you know, because Isaiah Simmons was selected right afterwards to the Cardinals. Um, so I said, okay, you know, we'll see how that works out. I like the way Derrick Brown looked on tape. And I like the what he did at Auburn. Um, but then we go ahead and, and we kept going. We kept rolling with defense. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And if you watched any Panther games in previous years, you're not going wrong, selecting seven defensive players. (laughs) I mean, we're not exactly, you know, the 85 bears out there the past couple of years. So I liked it. And then what ended up happening is doubling up in the second round with either gross and then finding Jeremy chin in that late second round, just turned out to be a diamond in the rough. I mean, Mm I don't know how much more you could have asked of that guy last year and he completely outplayed Isaiah Simmons to the point where I don't even remember hearing too much about Isaiah Simmons at all last year. And, you know, so I, yeah, I did. I liked it. I liked, I was, I was on board for anything last year. I was saying, let's see where this train goes, new coach, new system, new coordinators, you know, COVID protocols. We don't even get preseason, you know, so I knew last year was going to be a project or it was going to be something that we've never seen before. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: hey,
1: why not draft seven defensive guys in a row and see what happens? And what I about your
2: boy, I, uh, Brian Burns?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I could do a whole segment on Brian Burns if you want to get into that. I mean, I got to believe Brian Burns is up there with one of those names that I would say about 95% of the NFL fan base has never heard of that – I think that will really change this year. I mean, this guy is a freak of nature. I mean, he from snap to the, to the quarterback, it's tough to find someone who I've seen get there quicker. I mean, he just has to produce the sacks. There was a lot of plays last year where he's getting to the quarterback, missing the sack by an inch, you know, so and those things, those things take time, you know, maybe a little more pressure up front. He gets there even quicker, you know, and I think, like I said, when I mentioned Derek Brown, you know, drafted last year, I thought he played a lot better towards the end of the season. And I think him up front just kind of wreaking havoc, just pushing, you know, up the middle and having Brian Burns on the outside. I think that's a scary combination.
0: And you grab another lockdown corner this year. Exactly. Yeah. So,
1: so we, uh, so this year's draft was a little different, was a little different mindset going in. Um, You know, there was a lot of talk about possibly taking Justin Fields uh, there at eight if he was there. There was a lot of talk about, you know, Panay Sewell if he was there. Um, I think just looking at that Panthers confidential on YouTube, it Mm -hmm. looked as if they had Sewell, I would assume, as their number one if they could have got him there. Mm -hmm. But it's in my opinion, I think JC Horn was a home run pick. I mean, this guy, there's not much more things valuable in the nfl i mean a lockdown corner is not found every day um not to say i'm you know predicting he's a lockdown corner yet but i from the tape from everything Mm -hmm. in college his attitude he grew up in the nfl with his father being a player he knows the atmosphere he knows the environment Mm -hmm. he knows you know nothing's really too new for him you know he's kind of been around that stuff before um you know and you could see the receivers in the nfc south you know We've already had one exit after this selection. Julio Jones took one look and said, I'm out of here. JC Horn being <laughs> drafted. That secondary lining up in Carolina, he's like, I'm out of here. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I love the pick. I really do. I think um, pairing him with Dante Jackson will be a pretty sweet, you know, one-two punch there at corner, which we have not had for a while. So,
0: I think that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and, you know, if you can really lock down on the outside, especially – when uh, passing offenses are just so elite. Now, they're so much better than they are, and you've got to be able to shut down a- opposing receivers. I mean, it's not just that you have to worry about opposing number ones anymore. A lot of number two receivers are number ones on uh, – would have been number ones back in the day. So there's just so much yeah. talent on the outside, especially in the NFC South, um, that I think it's it's going to be a smart move. But Panthers Confidential, that was that was a really good series. I, I was a that big was fan often, of that. Right? Yeah, that was so that good. Was cool. I mean, I think they were going to take Sewell. I think they were if the Lions had snag him. Um, but they, it was kind of fun to kind of watch the draft process and everything on the back side, yeah. you know,
1: yeah, just the wheeling and dealing. And I really thought it was cool how they gave us access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was kind of funny how they threw the Vikings under the bus there with that weak offer that they tried to throw <laughs> in, like just to kind of shout out to all the people that were, you know, trying to criticize the Panthers for uh, mm-hmm. for the Justin Fields pick. And let me and you know, that that that's the one I I'm tired of hearing. I'm tired of hearing about that. That's one thing I got to say. I am tired of hearing about how the Panthers passing up on Justin Fields. It was like this big mistake or something, you know, it's not this guy. There were three quarterbacks selected before him already in the draft. So there's mm-hmm. three teams who needed a quarterback have already passed up on this guy, you know? So, and I just think, you know, not to get into Sam Darnold yet, but like, I don't know. I I just think the choice between a lockdown corner, you know, or going after a guy, a rookie quarterback who, when we just got Sam Darnold is, you know, if you listen to Mel Kiper during the draft, he's saying that if Sam Darnold was in the draft right now, he easily could have been the second quarterback taken. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: you could seriously make an argument that he basically just spent three years at the New York Jets college. And what's one of the hardest things for rookie quarterbacks to do would be to kind of adjust to the NFL and, you know, the NFL, the speed of the NFL. And I think he's already, you could already he's already got to step up on that. So in my mindset, we're kind of getting that, you know, we kind of drafted our quarterback already before the draft. So that's why I really didn't think it was going to make much sense to draft Justin Fields there. But mm-hmm. That's my opinion.
0: So why don't we go ahead and transition into uh, Sam Darnold, because I'm kind of interested to hear both sides of the story here between you and James. Um, so so Darnold, selected by the Jets, a couple of rough years, couple of coaching staffs. Adam Gase is just really difficult to get along with. I think he's a terrible coach. I know James, we spoke about that with Ryan. Um, Fire our- Gase. Fire no, days. <laughs> so so James, what was kind of your thoughts on the night of the the day of the Darnold trade? And then Tommy, I kind of want to hear um, how you were feeling on the other side of that when the trade happened.
2: So for from a Jets perspective, I think most yeah. fans would say that the trade was needed. Not necessarily because we did not like Sam Darnold, but we just felt like the situation he was in was hindering him a ton. Um, obviously Adam Gase was also fired, but we kind of felt like it was time for a fresh start. So the funny thing is if you were to go back a year ago, so before this previous season, I think m- maybe 90% of Jets fans would say, Darnold's gonna be the future quarterback of the New York Jets. So I don't think there was 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 many fans actually thinking that was not going to work out. It just so happened that the most recent season it was just sort of a really rough one where, you know, you had some of the worst play calling in history. Um, You had a, a guy who had his offensive coordinators constantly changing um, his schemes changing. Uh, he didn't really have a ton of weapons last year. I mean, he's handing the ball off to Frank Gore, you know, it, it, like, come on, you know, you, you need a little bit more support than that. So I think, it wasn't necessarily that we thought Darnold was sort of broken and you know would never succeed, but it was like, I just think we were kind of like relieved he was going to get a fresh start. I think every Jet fan is hoping he does well, actually, mm-hmm. except week one, yeah. but hoping <laughs> well, he does well, well overall he, yeah. because he's a great character guy. He's a great leader. You know, I think he's got a great arm and is really good at making those kind of sort of off script plays. Uh, I think what he needs is a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you know, a guy like he needs to get back with Robbie Anderson. He had a lot of success with him. Um, So I think there he's going to be in a a situation that's a lot better with Matt rule as the coach and with these other playmakers. So I do think he will be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to see him do well, but um, I think it was time for him to, to go to a new team. And so I think for us, like we have Zach Wilson, big unknown, but I think, you know, the upsides there. So we're, we're very much at peace with this whole thing. I think we're we're fine if Darnold does well, but like I said, just a year ago, we thought he was the future of the jets, but things change quickly.
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but have you ever seen more of an outcry over the treatment of a player on a former team and the sympathy for a player to change teams? Like I've never seen this before. Mm -hmm. I mean, You could go back, what, two years ago when Josh Rosen was just terrible on the Cardinals, and the next year they literally drafted a quarterback with the first pick, did not give him another chance at all, and he's shipped off to Miami and never heard from again. And, you know, I just – the thing with Sam Darnold, it's a lot to take in. So, you know, when I – obviously we didn't know where we were going with our quarterback. Mm
2: -hmm. Bridgewater
1: was not the answer. Marty Herney gave him a ridiculous – 60 million dollar contract that even at the time panther fans were like i really don't understand this contract like we let cam go but now you're like we're starting over with everyone but now you're going after a you know a bridge the gap quarterback to and giving them 60 million a year To i I don't i honestly don't believe that matt rule wanted teddy bridgewater i don't think i don't think that joe brady was you know even i don't i just don't think he's fit you know i really Mm -hmm. don't So. Going into this year, I, me, every other Panther fan, every other NFL fan, we had no idea who the heck the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers was going to be. So when I saw that it was Sam Darnold, obviously right away, it's a hundred different text messages. Really? You're going after Sam Darnold? Really? That's the guy (laughs) you're getting? This is your franchise guy? But with each one of those texts, with a simple response of, did you take a look at what he was dealing with on the New York Jets? do you realize he's 23 years old? Do you realize he has the physical traits with a strong arm, he moves in the pocket, you know, and if you surrounded him with anybody besides Braxton Berrios and Frank Thor and Adam Gase and, you know, a, a toxic environment and, you know, every single one of those people are responding back saying, yeah, you know what, you're right, that's, it, it could work out, you know,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: the thing is, is again, we hired a new GM this year, Scott Federer. And just right off the bat, you could tell that making this trade for Sam Darnold, it was not like we signed him for three years and $60 million again. You know, Mm -hmm. we got Sam Darnold here for basically, you know, we got him for a second and a fourth round pick Mm -hmm. and we ended up recouping that back in the draft anyway. Um, So I believe it's, The way I look at it is we are taking a chance on a kid who's 23 years old. Um, Again, he is coming from the most toxic environment in sports. I mean, the New York Jets franchise is
2: just pitiful,
1: you know, even – Going oh, in whoa, the past
2: whoa, whoa.
1: Okay, hey, hold on. You want know, to you want to chime in? Go ahead.
2: I can't defend them the past decade, but okay. Well, <laughs>
1: if, if, if if that was the statement that you can't defend them the past decade, then I'm gonna keep going here. But uh Fair. yeah, so like, I, I just gotta say that yeah. I mean, you're getting people to come out and saying things that no quarterback was gonna thrive in that system, or you know, so. The other thing that I've noticed about Sam Darnold just coming to the Panthers and just, you know, kind of watching a couple of his interviews and press conferences, like this kid does not strike me as a kid who was going to survive the New York media and, you know, living in New York, you see it every day. Like literally the back page of the New York post will take a shot at you anytime they can. And just coming from California and like, kind of a laid back kind of personality lifestyle it looks like he has I just don't know how and he didn't survive that New York media I think there was so much pressure on him like again I'm Zach Wilson I'm not gonna get into that for New York Jets but again there's so much pressure on these guys that come in as the Jets quarterbacks that are labeled you have to be our savior you know Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden if one thing goes wrong he just seemed like the type of guy that just, I don't know. I I just watched a couple of his interviews and he just seems laid back. You know, the Carolina media is not going to be harassing him, you know, all over anything he does, any little comment he makes, you know, and even just if you look at comments from Robbie Anderson, who the first thing he said was, I've never seen Sam so happier than I saw him Mm -hmm. the first day he walked in the Panthers camp and he goes you know he's like he's just looks like a different guy he just looks like he's got a little bit of like almost like the love of football back I mean Mm -hmm. like he just got it kind of I just yeah like I just think a clean break was good I mean James talked about it too like it's not like the Jets really you know like James said before last year you could have seen Sam being their quarterback it's just after firing Gase and all the turnover you couldn't keep him there I I just don't think that Sam and New York that whole New York media that whole New York vibe for him just from what the sense I see now I just don't think that that was a good fit and I really think kind of being in Carolina a little bit under more than a little bit very under the radar you know other than the fact of the week one game against the Jets I don't think you'll hear about the Panthers and Sam Darnold much until you know unless his play speaks for himself um, so that's just a couple of reasons. So I'm excited. You know, I can't sit here and say that I'm, you know, predicting amazing things, you know, because I just don't know. I, I just think it's literally one of the biggest question marks going into the season next year for the NFL. And that's why it's such a hot topic is, just you just don't really know yet.
2: So. But, but the, the New York media is brutal. And I mean, only a few people survive that you have like Derek Cheater. You have, yeah, You know Eli Manning, Joe Namath, <laughs> all these people that win championships are the only ones that survive yeah. In yeah. So well, it's a it, short, short
1: list. Is it's Derek a very, Peter, very short list, Joe and Namath. I think,
2: like you're saying, it was, like, utterly sinful, the roster they gave, you know, Sam yeah. Darnold the past couple of years. Yeah. He had no offensive line, no weapons. You know, I think with Zach Wilson, he's coming into a much better scenario where they have a left tackle, they have a left guard now, that they just drafted they just signed Morgan Moses at right tackle who's a solid right tackle you know they've added Elijah Moore in the draft they added Corey Davis you know they added um, Michael Carter running back and Tevin Coleman so it's a little bit more stability and they're setting him up for greater success Mike La- LaFleur at coordinator running a good system so I think the outcome will be much better for Zach he's still gonna have a ton of pressure on him
0: yeah, um, that's the but, thing though. I, mean, it's, but, I I
2: do feel like Darnold's going to have a better chance to succeed in in this smaller market, um, you know, where he's not always being criticized every week on the back page right. like you're saying. So, I, you know,
1: I, and the other I, thing about the Panthers offense in general is as much as everyone wants to think this season is a make or break on Sam Darnold's play, obviously yes, like he needs to play well for us to do well, but I mean he is surrounded by a lot of talent. And he is literally, I mean, Christian McCaffrey did not play last year. Like Mm -hmm. he played three games last year. And it's just, it's a very quickly forgettable league. When a guy has a monster year, you know, and you don't really hear from him the next year, he gets injured. It's very, you you forget, you forget how dominant Christian McCaffrey was two years ago. I mean, the guy literally had a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. You put that on an offense, and I don't care who's playing quarterback. I could dump it off to him, you know, mm-hmm. and then you pair that with – Well, to be Judy fair, go- Tommy,
2: Tommy, you were quarterback, so, I mean
1: <laughs> – right. right, okay, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, if I could do it, then I'm sure Sam could do it, you know. But, uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, you're pairing him with McCaffrey, and then another thing that we didn't get to see last year from the Panthers, which I'm excited about, is the fact that – of Christian McCaffrey in Joe Brady's system. I mean, you look back at our roster last year when Mike Davis became for like six weeks out of the season was like the top fantasy running back in the league. I mean, this guy was scoring touchdowns left and right. And if he's doing that and he like, can you picture Christian McCaffrey in that role and how absolutely dominant he can be? I mean, if Joe Brady is drawing up plays where, you know, Mike Davis is doing that well, and he's getting thousand yard seasons out of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson being thrown to from Teddy Bridgewater, who basically suffered the same fate that we wanted to get rid of from Cam, which was throw the damn ball downfield. That was not what we got from Teddy, and I'm hoping that's something Sam can bring to the table, you know, because DJ Moore is arguably one of the best deep threats in the league, Robbie Anderson as well, you know, and then. Again, we talk about the draft, but they scooped up this kid, Terrace Marshall from LSU. And he was a beast in Joe Brady's system at LSU. So there's so many different things. There's so many different moving pieces with the Panthers and their offense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think the combination of Matt Rule coaching and and Joe Brady offensive system, it can only do wonders and it can only be helpful for Sam Donald. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to see what a full offseason of preparation for Joe Brady will look like because another thing with him is I believe he can look at Sam Joe Brady can look at Sam Darnold as a blank check if he turns Sam Darnold into leading the Panthers into the playoffs Joe Brady will be inking a very lucrative head coaching job next year I mean that's basically what it is mm-hmm. I mean he's already getting looks this year and mm-hmm. we didn't really do much last year I mean this guy has a football mind. He turned Joe Burrow into an average LSU quarterback into one of the greatest college seasons of all time. So the guy's done it before. I mean, like you could you could make that argument. I know it's college, but you could make the Joe Burrow argument for the same as Sam Darnold. I mean, he elevated the hell out of Joe Burrow as an understatement. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, no one even know who Joe Burrow was. And then he was the number one pick in the draft the next year. So I got to believe a Matt Rule, Joe Brady, you know, and then he's surrounded by Christian McCaffrey, the weapons I've named, Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I I think he's got a chance to succeed. And I think that 99% of the league would agree with me that, you know, let's see what he's got. Now he's got some weapons. Now let's see what he could do. I think that's
0: fair. So one of the things that I think is going to benefit him, James, you mentioned the New York media, Tommy, you did as well. People got to understand how big college sports are down south, especially in North Carolina oh, right. region. Um, I mean, I grew up in North Carolina, just a couple hours from Charlotte. Um, Carolina, Duke, all those brands are still going to dominate. It is nowhere near like being in the Northeast. Like I'm living near Philly right now. You guys are near New York. It's completely different being around these cities where pro teams are everything, as opposed to growing up around college teams where you know Carolina basketball, football, all of that dominates um, the professional markets. So I think, like you said, just to build on that, I think that's going to benefit him mentally, be a little more chill of an atmosphere. Um, the base and, and area is definitely growing. The fandom there is growing a lot of that through Tepper, like you said, but right. I do think that's going to overall benefit him. Um, what's going to be neat to see is just the amount of skill position players that he gets to work with and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson and now Terrace Marshall Um, and obviously Christian McCaffrey I think he's just got a number of good tools around him and then on the flip side as they play the Jets week one um, I mean I think the Jets are building really well I'm I'm a huge fan of how the Jets have pivoted where they're going Um, but that week one matchup is going to be an interesting one. The Panthers are, as of a while back, they were four-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know if that line has moved because of all the Zach Wilson hype and everything coming out of training (laughs) camp. But I do think the Jets are actually going to surprise some people this year. And you do get those surprises in the first couple weeks, right, where where these lines are a little larger. Um, I think four-and-a-half is too big for week one for teams where we really don't know that much about. We don't know what the Jets are going to do exactly. We don't know what – Darnold is going to do exactly coming out in week one so there's a lot of unknowns there how are you guys feeling about the week one matchup
1: i mean that's fair there's definitely there's definitely a lot of unknowns um I, yeah i mean for, regardless of if it's the jets or not throwing the panthers at a four and a half point favorite to open up the seasons a little bold but i mean if if we can't you know kind of take care of the jets week one it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the NFL had to do that on purpose. Of course, they're putting Sam Donald against the Jets week one. But that is a kind of a stepping stone game. A hundred percent monkey off the back. Get me away from this franchise. I don't want to talk about the Jets anymore, you know, type of thing. Or that could be a 180, you know, so that is a big game. Uh, you know, I, I'm confident. I know James might have some things to say, but I got to say, I'm pretty confident. Um, if I had my choice of a prop bet, I'd think Christian McCaffrey might go for about 130 yards that game. But uh, I wouldn't. I, I think that's the big thing with the Panthers is all this focus on Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Hey, we're gonna be handing the ball off to 22 a lot. Week one, James. What, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, look, like we were saying, the Jets are very much an unknown right now. I think they did get much better this off season. Uh, in, in the offense as well as the defense, they added Carl Lawson. C.J. Mosley is back, um, hopefully healthy. Seems that way. Um, so, you know, I'm a little worried about our corner situation. So, if you guys, I think your actual yeah. strength in that game is to go after the edges. I, I, I do yeah. think that's where we have our weakness right now. where yeah. who
1: whereas, do you got starting a corner right now?
2: It's like Blesson, Austin, and Bryce Hall. Like. You know, Bryce Hall is a second-year guy. He looked good last year, but, Can you know, you these are not locked-down corners. Again? What's that?
1: Can you repeat that first guy again?
2: Bless Swan Austin. <laughs> okay. We call him Bless around here. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Bless, but, you know, he's shown some signs of success, but he's, again, I, I don't think – he would start for a lot of teams. So I think Yeah,
1: I, I think I might take my chances with the DJ over Bless
2: Juan week one. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not I, I feel like I'm giving away secrets, but I don't think it's a secret. I think if we, I, I do think Christian McCaffrey is the threat, but with Quentin Williams and Carl Lawson and CJ Mosley, I actually think our run defense is going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be more about pass defense, which seems to always be the case. But, you know, I, I, I would think that you guys will win on the on the perimeter, um, and then I think with offense, it's just a lot of unknowns. I don't know what yeah, Zach. I, I, like, I'm going to talk about this in our podcast next week for the Jet Up podcast. But everything hinges on Zach Wilson. Like if that guy yeah. turns into something, then we'll be good. If he doesn't, we won't be. Yeah, but I that's
1: been he, the story of the New York you know, Jets for the past 15 years. It's
2: I think. Yeah, I think that good, they haven't they haven't had like consistent good coaching over that period of time. We've had three coaches that were really all hey, not good. You yeah, know? know, and and I do think now the offensive line's in a better position where we haven't been since like 2010. Like that was when we had a great offensive line. We finally, I think, have the makings of one now. So I think it's going to provide a better opportunity for whoever's the quarterback. It's just it's going to be now okay, the quarterback has no more excuses. Now is the quarterback going to be good enough versus With Sam, it was like we could never really feel like we got a good read on him because the the stuff around him was not good. Whereas this time it's like, okay, now it's like it's gonna be on Zach Wilson. It's gonna actually be whether he is a good quarterback or not. So I think if he plays well, we could win the game. I think if he has these rookie jitters, I think you guys will take it. I think that's Yeah, I gotta
1: believe for the young that, that young Panthers defense this could not be a better opening matchup for them. I mean, right. you're going against a rookie quarterback, and it's not – A quarterback, rookie running back. you got a rookie quarterback. You, know? you got a basically rookie team over there with the Jets. I mean, it, flying around the field is what I'm expecting week one. I'm expecting to see our defense attack Zach Wilson. I'm expecting to see the rookie mistakes from Zach Wilson, and I, I, I really I, – I do believe that as long as, again – I got to see what Sam Darnold with the, with the whole, if it, if his mentally, if he's okay, because again, week one is a huge mental test for him. Of course it has to be week one against the Jets and that's going to be what all the talks about and all it talks about. But to my point, again, it's not like we're on Sunday night football. It's a one o'clock game in Charlotte. I really don't think there's going to be too many eyes on that game. You know, it's not like we're hyping him up for the first game of the season on primetime football and, you know, it all eyes on Sam Darnold. Is he going to perform? And if he throws, you know, an incomplete pass, everyone goes nuts type of thing. So I think, you know,
2: he's lucky it's in know. Charlotte. Otherwise, this could be even worse. I think, I, you know, yeah. I will have to I,
1: I do agree with you there. If it was opening up in New York, I would not be happy about that. You know, yeah. just from the sense of like, seriously, the guy you just took the guy away. you're going to ship him back home i mean i've just been literally using the analogy it seems like we are child protective services taking him away from an abusive relationship at this point
2: no it's like he's
1: so downtrodden and so beaten when he's talking and i'm just like you gotta feel bad for this guy like what the hell did you guys do to him up there i'm like so yeah to get the monkey the jet monkey off his back week one Definitely would make me feel some confidence, Can, especially considering the Panthers' first three games of the year are Jets, the Taysom Hill-led Saints, and the Texans. Yeah, we gotta win two of those games. So
2: I, do think, I do think it will be a close game. I, I have a feeling it'll end up being kind of a back and forth. I hope it's not just a field goal battle, um, but I don't it, think it, it will be. It happens, but um, yeah, I mean we. I, I think we we like, you know, it's going to depend on what kind of team we bring out. I think the preseason is going to teach us a lot because we have it this year, you know, as well, what to expect. I think LaFleur's offense is designed to be really simple and have lots of pre-snap movement so that, you know, it helps out the quarterback. Um, but, you know, I think that will be what helps Zach Wilson really early on. However... Again, like I think you're right. He might have rookie jitters. I mean, Sam Darnold' his first pass in the NFL was a pick six. You know, yeah. it, it happens. But then he but then again, like four four yeah. I mean, that game was on touchdowns. Same game. I mean, that
1: game was on Monday Night Football too. You know, like yeah, it's, it's right a hard test.
2: Think, like, it's a hard test for a rookie. So I think one o'clock. I'm a little happier that it's one o'clock. I think Jets fans will want to see a competitive game that Sam Darnold plays really well in, but that the Jets win you know by a touchdown or a field goal because yeah, no, then it's like really, okay uh, Sam Donald's doing good but I would but not
1: get my hopes up for that I, I would not get my hopes up for that result I, I think that's totally
2: out of bounds to think that, that I
1: mean happen. I don't to say that they're going to win the game by a touchdown to be totally out of bounds no I don't think so I would hope not for for the team but uh I yeah I could see that really being a stepping stone for Sam Donald though like you said if he if he comes out and slings it against your boy, uh, God bless you, or whatever his name was, he, uh, he one,
2: uh, yeah, he
1: might, uh, he might have a game. So I do think good. it would
2: be great for Darnold's confidence to come out, beat his former team, and it might propel him a lot further in the season. Versus coming out and losing to your former team the first yeah. time you you face them again, yeah. I don't think it's gonna break him, but it'd just be harder to bounce back from them.
1: You know, yeah, definitely that, be a, yeah, I agree. But like you said, I mean, I there's not many more teams. There's not many more things than question marks for you know first time quarterbacks. So it's it's tough. It's tough to even to tell. But I, I'm confident. I, I got to believe we could beat we could beat the hapless Jets here. I, I gotta if, I, gonna gonna any, if longer, I'm gonna have any okay. if I'm gonna have any confidence going into the season, I can't be sitting here wondering if we're gonna beat the Jets week one. So.
2: I, I agree. You gotta have the confidence, but I, I do think we will surprise some people this year. I don't know what will happen week one, but we are a better team. People,
1: are you surprising the own fan base?
2: No, I'm saying most people are counting us out already. You know, I think we will win more games than they are expected. Um, so I, I just think people are that don't pay attention to the team or not paying attention to all the changes that have happened. Right. You know, and that goes ter- everywhere.
1: I mean, every, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah like that's that's everywhere. every
2: market. But, you know, you watch. You have to win consistently for the national media to not count you out all the time. You know, I think you, you could talk all yeah. you want about all I these mean, offseason changes, but until you actually win regularly, no one's going to give you that credit. You know, so you look at no like the Browns go, and yeah. the Bills now, everyone thinks they're good now because they're winning consistently, whereas, you know, it didn't matter how good people thought they were going to be with off season yeah. additions. So, I mean, I've, you know. I've
1: never heard anyone talk about the Panthers more than in 2015. And then I've never heard anyone talk about them less than in the past three years. So, right. I mean, we, we've literally, this is our third year in a row without a primetime game. So, I mean, we are throwing the the giants on there for eight times, you know, uh, we got to watch the giants for eight primetime games, but I can't even throw, we can't throw Chris McCaffrey <laughs> and the boys out there for a Monday night game. I mean, come on. <laughs> We have compelling storylines this year. We got Cam possibly returning, if, if he's playing or not, we don't know. They had this week one matchup. We had I got a lot of stuff going on, but yeah. Hey, I'm fine. Can't argue there.
2: You can't argue there. You, I am fine fun.
1: with flying under the radar. I
2: hate I hate primetime games for the Jets because they suck on prime yeah, time. So I of the prefer uh, it, they, that national stage is like they go down twenty-one nothing to start the game every time. You know, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. not, not interested. Somebody, like, last time we played Pride Time, like, our, both of our starting quarterbacks, like, broke their legs. And, like, we lost by, like, yeah. 40. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in that until we per- no, prove you're we can right. win.
1: No, you're right. And, like I said, like, my argument has been about Sam being under the radar. I'm happy. I'm happy that he doesn't need to be on Prime Time. When they start flexing, you know, our Sunday night games later in the season, when we take on the Bills, I have plenty of talk about to Andrew when they flex our games at Sunday night. <laughs> But uh, yeah, until that point, we're gonna stick under the radar at our one o'clock games, and uh, we we will try to put the league on notice here. Uh, I, yeah. like I said, those first three games for the Panthers, they could not have made them easier for them. So to at least start off on a two and one foot. I mean, we've started off zero and two the past two years, and and one two years ago we won four games in a row after that. Last year we won three games in a row after that. So you know. Eight one possession losses with the ball in our hands at the end of the game to lose all eight. Well, that was a big
0: knock on um, Matt Roll throughout the offseason, right? And some of last year was just kind of some of the two minute drill preparation. I mean, are you kind of expecting better things? What were your thoughts on that criticism?
1: But um, are you talking about just from Teddy's criticism or like if well, there was, there was from that stemmed from his comment. From Teddy Bridgewater's comment, which he quickly went back on when he was pressed about it again. He's like, Oh, well, no, but here's my thing for Teddy Bridgewater to come out and say that, like, dude, if you're going to say you didn't practice it, you went eight times last year where you didn't score. How about the first seven times in the real game situation? That wasn't enough practice for you? That the eighth time you couldn't figure it out? Like, I, I didn't understand that comment by him. And we didn't, they didn't practice, you know, too minutes. That just doesn't. That doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, clock management has always been a problem for the Panthers. I mean, going back to the Ron Rivera days and the Cam days, like you know, pull your hair out with clock management. So that, you know, with Matt Rule, you can get used to, but that's nonsense from Teddy Bridgewater talking about not, pre- uh, don't get me started on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what, I mean, come these guys got to be kidding me. I mean, you're the quarterback of the team. You got to execute. I don't care if you, whatever you practice or not. I mean, to have eight games come down to you have the ball. We didn't even tie one of them. We lost all eight games mm-hmm. with the ball. So you, you're you you know, if it comes down to having Joey Sly lining up for 67 yarders on back to back weeks, like that's not going to cut it, Teddy. Like you know, so <laughs> uh, yeah, don't that that I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that shot because he immediately went back on that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, he yeah, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with Teddy. i'm not not i think i think i unleashed the beach
0: there but uh well why don't we transition (laughs) into this um kind of speaking of the wins i think typically when you lose that many close games there's some positive regression right there um so i kind of think especially in a league of inches um i'm kind of with you on a lot of that with teddy he's he's got to come through and Um, regardless of what was happening in those practices, it was a little bit of an unnecessary blow to kind of get all of that going. But in terms of wins this year and winning those close games, so right now their win total is set at seven and a half. I'm not asking you to be a betting man or anything. I don't know if you are, but seven and a half win total for a team with a good bit of upside and a very difficult division. Are you expecting the over-under there, unbiased opinion, um, Panthers fandom out of it? What do you think?
1: Unbiased opinion, yes. I, I really do think that they will. I mean, you can say that they're playing a tough, But, I mean, year after year, I talked about this in my article. I really don't understand the respect that the Atlanta Falcons get year after year. I mean, what have they done? That like, I mean, they had their year just like the Panthers had their year in 15 and in 16. Like, they both had Matt Ryan had the MVP, Cam had the MVP, you know. But it's just year after year, we talk about the Falcons as being this, you know, like really tough to, I mean, granted we split with them, you know, we've had trouble with them, but that's just a divisional mm-hmm. here and there. Um, the saints, I I, I don't, can someone explain to me who the quarterback of the saints is that like <laughs> that they're getting all these, all these primetime games and all this hype. And, you know, I think I saw division odds come out and like obviously Tampa was favored. I think new Orleans was three to one, the Falcons were seven and they had the Panthers at 11, you
0: mm-hmm. know,
1: I where an eight point gap between the saints and the Panthers come from. I think they have a know.
2: running back playing quarterback. Is that correct?
1: Uh, don't, yeah. That's another hot button. It's issue a special team. Oh my God. <laughs> they slap a single digit number on him, and we got to hear every broadcast about, Oh my God, that's a quarterback out there making plays on special teams. I'm like, he's not a quarterback until he's lining up for 35 plays a game underneath center. And like, it's not a yeah. It's easy to throw 50 yard bombs when they bring him in for a gadget and they think he's gonna run. Yeah, I could do that. Like you know. So
2: this man is know. a Swiss Army knife. Do you see all yeah, the plays like, he's he he kicked I mean, the ball? Like,
1: like, come on, give the break. Like give me a break with Taysom Hill. I mean, come on. Like, I, I mean, I don't want him to prove me wrong, but I mean, I like he's not a quarterback just because he's got the single digit number and he's running around on special teams. Like, hmm. okay, he's an athlete and great. You know, like, let's see him or who are we going to put him or James? Do they even know
2: yet? I don't even know the
1: answer to that. <laughs> I, I, really I don't. don't
2: know. I, I, I last I, I heard it was Taysom K- Hill, but. Yeah, uh, but,
1: but as far as the win total, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we also play a week NFC East division this year. Uh, hmm. The extra game they added for us, it was the Texans. Uh, we play the, the AFC East, too, I really, other than the Bills, um, I don't think the Pats are very good. Uh, we've, we've gone through the Jets. Uh, and the Dolphins, I don't know, the Dolphins, you never know, the Dolphins can surprise the people, but again, I, I don't think our schedule is too tough. They lined it up to where the first half is a lot easier, especially those first three games, so I wouldn't, like, don't be surprised. If you blink your eyes and the Panthers are 3-0, and you know, beating the Jets, Saints, and Texans, I don't think that's crazy for me to say that they could mm-hmm. potentially be 3-0. and And then all of a sudden, that's confidence. And when you have confidence, you know, it can turn into anything, you know. So I do believe that they can. I mean, we had five wins last year, losing eight games on the last possession mm-hmm. without Christian McCaffrey, with two new coordinators, a new head coach, no off season, like something's got to give. I got to believe we could, Drew Brees retired this year. Like, you know, so it's, you know, we'll see. I mean, I didn't think freaking Tom Brady, you know, was going to all of a sudden now supplant his flag into the division for till he's 60. I really hope that doesn't happen, (laughs) but you know uh, as far as that, yeah, I I do believe that we could, yeah, I I believe we could get to at least, you know, eight or nine wins. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping more. I believe this team can make the playoffs. I think they're a very underrated team, again, because there's so many question marks that -hmm. if those question marks pan out, they could be a very dangerous team. Um, But, again, we're going to have to say, yeah, I don't want to make any bold claims because it is a question mark. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I understand that. And, you know, I think they're going over as well. I think the schedule really broke their way in a positive manner. Um, very, very easy schedule. And a lot of times, if you can stay healthy, get a little continuity with your coordinators there. And, of course, a lot of this hinges on Sam, Sammy D, right? Um, certainly yeah. a lot of it hinges there. But um, I don't think he's going to be worse than Teddy Bridgewater in that atmosphere, in that environment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really – I know we kind of hit on that. I also think Teddy Bridgewater underperformed. I expect a better performance out of Sam Darnold just because he's got a lot of um, upside, a lot of potential. And uh, I think Joe Brady and company can certainly tap into that. So I do expect some pretty good things um, from the Panthers this year. A lot of that has to do with the easy schedule, the NFC South being in disarray outside of Tom Brady. Um, But Truly, I guess it all just comes down to LASIK surgery for Jameis Winston. That's what the whole division <laughs> comes down to at this point, right?
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we've had our fun with Jameis in our division for years. We'll gladly accept him to be the face of another franchise and see how that goes.
2: <laughs> and I, I do want to say really quick, it, I think it, you have to trust your front office and, and your coach. And I think yeah. if, you know, when it came to the draft, like you said earlier, with Justin Fields, if they went and took Justin Fields there, which I like Justin Fields, again an unknown as a rookie but they're saying then that they're really not sure what they want to do because then right. they're saying oh we just got Darnold, we just gave up picks for him now we're going to go get another guy you know Which, where yeah. it's like and I mean, they start to lose confidence in their like, decision making ability if they do that sure. so i think that was the right call
1: and like we just went through sam Darnold, you know kind of a little bit fragile mentally i mean you bring this guy in and all of a sudden you're going to go draft a quarterback in the first round like that is that's not going to be any quarterback competition the Mm -hmm. guy's going to be like you took me out of that situation so so i was happy for two weeks to then go draft justin fields i mean i can only imagine what sam darwin was looking at the tv screen when it was the panthers pick praying to god that they did not select justin fields (laughs) so uh i think he was probably the happiest person that night anyway (laughs)
0: um so before we wrap up here I always like to ask people a couple of questions. This is a, a fantasy football podcast, so specifically DFS, DraftKings, all that. always like mm-hmm. to get um, the guest thoughts on, um, do you play a lot of fantasy? Do you like betting? And do you have any uh, fun stories for us?
1: Okay. Well, you are talking to the previous championship winner of my league last year.
0: All so right. So
1: I'm coming off a fresh championship, 10-man league. Uh, went with my boy, Devontae Adams, first pick last year. Yeah. Monster year. I I am very, very happy with. I ended up winning the championship with the exact team that I drafted. I picked up, I think, a kicker. was the only change I made the whole year. So I rode Kyler Murray, Devontae Adams. Uh, I rode Jonathan Taylor. I rode Nick Chubb. I rode Justin Jefferson, DJ Morey. Yeah, I, I had a pretty solid team last year, so I was happy with that. Um, and as far as betting goes, yes, I, uh, I think I've been betting now for eight years. I think I started back in college. Um, so I, I do, I definitely enjoy a little more of the, the betting on the, the games and the props more than the daily fantasy. I'm in my fantasy league. I'll have my 10 man league. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I mean, and actually me and Andrew, um, me and Andrew do split a team, you know, that's. And uh, we have won, we've won two championships.
0: Yeah, so I just always enjoy hearing people's um, experiences in fantasy football. One of my favorite things, it's what people, what brings people together. Um, As I know, uh, it has done for you and your brother, you and James, a lot of you grew up together, but football, NFL, fantasy football, all of that. Uh, keeps us together. And and now um, we all get to the chat about on roster up. So um, always enjoy hearing those experiences, those stories. I loved hearing your thoughts on the Panthers organization, state of the franchise. Um, you really had a lot of phenomenal opinions that are shared. So I do appreciate you coming on Tommy. Um, do you have any final thoughts for Panthers nation out there um, and tell the people where they can find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram T McGuire seven. T M C G U uh, I R E seven. Only thoughts I have are keep pounding out there and let's get this season going.
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you jumping on, folks. Check out his article um, in the show notes. Good offseason recap. Plenty more to come from Tommy. Um, you can check him out at rosterupmedia.com backslash Panther up. If you want to check out McWheel and the Jets backslash Jet up. Uh, you know where to find them. You know where to find me at Cody Engle and then James at JD McWilliams and also at jet up pod. You can find us at roster up media. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Uh, plenty more content coming your way. Uh, Bills, lions, giants, now Panthers, um, all kinds of content coming. James has plenty coming for you next week as well. Thank you so much for listening. Bye folks.